everyone, just me at the top of the show to say a few things about the shows I have coming up. If you listen to the show for a week, you know this already. I'm doing a kid show in the festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival that is, called Humankind. So get along if you've got kids aged between 4 and 10. They'll really dig it. Bit up, bit younger, you know your kids. Can they sit through 50 minutes or something? If they can, they'll enjoy it too. Uh, so it's at the Q Courthouse. It's on, on the weekends during the Comedy Festival. Tickets are at joshearl.com.au or at the Comedy Festival, comedyfestival.com.au as well. You can get them there. It's pretty cheap. Everyone's doing these $25 for 25-hour shows at the minute. Um, I, I, my tickets are only 20 bucks. so there you go. Uh, so they're on sale if you've got kids. If you don't have kids but you like me and you want to come see something I'm doing, I'm doing six podcasts during the festival. So five of them are Don't You Know Who I Am's. Four are at Morris House, which is what European Beer Cafe will be called as of April. Saturdays at 3 o'clock, so make sure you get tickets to those. They're $15 each or all four for $50 if you're going to come to all four. Tickets are at joshua.com.au. And then April 4 and April 17, I'm doing two special events at the at Max Watts as part of the Festival Club. Uh, so they're Tuesday night. So one of them is Don't You Know Who I Am with international guests, and the other one is the best of the best of 97, 100% hits. So a whole bunch of uh, comics and performers from the festival are getting up and doing the songs. There'll be a screen there, so if you're there and you want to sing along, you can do that. And then there'll be me and a guest, and we'll be doing, you know, just the show, like normal, but in front of an audience. The one we did last year at European Beer Cafe was so much fun. I had such a great time. Uh, and this one, it's going to be even bigger. It's going to be great. So tickets for all these shows are at uh, joshearl.com.au or comedyfestival.com.au. Just put in my name, you'll find it, Joshearl. There you go. Big thanks to everyone who's on the Patreon. Thank you very much. We released an episode this week with Grace Jarvis. We've got another one coming up next week with Cameron James. We're talking Hit Machine, Volume 11. It's a weird It's a weird album, that one. So many, so many big swings and so many like absolute hairpin turns on that one. It's really good. The episodes are really fun too. So go to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A if you want to help out the podcast. If you want to just give something back, five bucks a month, that's all. Anyway, that's all for me. Enjoy this episode with Mike Goldstein talking Hums and Hits, Volume 20, Side A. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to Hundreds and Hits. Gompies. Oh, you got to go back to the back catalogue, find out what a Gompie is. <laughs> Gompie sounds like a slur. Really. It sure does, but it's not. Okay. It was a cafe. Uh, it was a cafe where... Filled with Gompers? Where, where they played uh, Living Next Door to Alice uh-huh. by um, Smokey, and they... Anyway, <laughs> another episode. Anyway, it's Hundreds and Hits, volume pod. Today, my, my special guest... Uh-huh. It's Mike Goldstein, everyone. Yes, Yay. Mike Gompstein. <laughs> Mike the everybody. Gompy himself. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking 
Volume 20. It came out in 96. Did, where were you in 96, Mike? 1996. I was uh, 14, but still prepubescent. Me too. Late bloomer. Uh, but that's why we look fresh in our yeah. 40s, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we really do. Yeah, we look great. That's great. The late bloomers, this is what people don't talk about. If you don't hit puberty till late, you're going to age later. I, well. I remember it being a, the biggest thing in my life. Yeah. Going into year 10, going, I still don't have pubes yet. Uh-huh. And we, I was still of the, uh, you might be different, but our shower block were all open plan shower blocks in PE. Oof. And after every PE class, we had to have a shower. And I was lucky there was another kid, I won't say his name. Uh-huh. He also hadn't done it, gone through puberty. And I was like, <laughs> as long as I'm not the last one, right. that's okay. So to this day, are you bush aware if you're in any kind of <laughs> locker no, room? Because then I was thinking today... <laughs> The youth of today, are they, because they're just, no, I just shaved. Oh. Oh, I've just got a really small dick and I shaved. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how I normally start the pod. Oh, yeah. dude, no, uh, this is the element I bring. Yeah. The uh, Let's talk about 15-year-old Bush <laughs> um, or lack thereof. I, yeah, 15 years old at public school in the States and I was in a, still in the ska punk band. I think that was yeah. the heyday of our ska punk band. Yeah. Because when we started... You know, I was a decent drummer, but I didn't have the uh, the strength that a, a man would to, uh, you know... Hit the skins? Hit the skins. I was still had feeble little child arms. So what did you play in the, in the band? I was Yeah, I was a drummer. Oh, you're the drummer? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you do... Because I always think Americans, if you study an instrument, you're in the marching band or the school band. Were well, you in that? I was. I was in both. Uh, yeah, marching band, and then I was in jazz band. I was... Uh, and qualified... Uh, the first freshman to uh, qualify as a snare drummer. Oh. Yeah. So I was a prodigy. So did you watch um, uh, Whiplash and go, that that was me? Dude. Absolutely me. Amazing movie. It's so good. It's one of the best. I watched it just recently the other, for the, the second time. Yeah. Like, because I watched the cinema, I thought it was great. And then I watched it the second time. Oh, there was so much I missed. Yeah. Like, just fucking just. He's insane. And now I've got kids. Yeah. And I'm also involved in their sporting lives. I'm like going. I think they need a coach like this. <laughs> Not all the way. Just Not all the way. Our uh, band teacher, maestro, whatever you want to call him, he was uh, not as harsh and dickish. He was a... Uh he, he had a, that element to him because I think when you got any teaching fucking yeah. aspect, surely you're going to be... You got to have some dickishness yeah. to you, right? Doc Roberts. Um, and I remember he did throw a uh, drumstick at the drum line because... Not because we weren't keeping the beat. I just think because we were degenerate pieces of shit yeah. that weren't listening. Yeah. All right. We're talking. We're talking music from side A of volume twenty. Okay. So uh, you know you're into ska music at, at this age. Ska punk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably my biggest influence at the time were two bands, Rancid and Screeching Weasel. So great. I imagine there's a lot of those too. On a no, I'm I'm thinking there might be some No Doubt coming up, which uh-huh. kind of. Not really either of those, but yeah. would have been on like compilations. Yeah, you put those on compilations. Tragic Kin- Kingdom. Yeah, that, that album was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I reckon we might we might get some Mighty Mighty Boston's oh. in the next year. I reckon '97 was when they, impression that I get. Yeah, that'll come on. Love it. All right, but what we're doing we're starting with the debut song from a band from the UK called Babylon Zoo. This is. A number one hit in the UK. Right. Got to number three here. This is Spaceman. Here we go.
Bingo. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> If you don't like that bit, yeah. don't worry, it changes. That's a hard pivot. Yeah. It made a lot of people angry. Did it? Yeah. They wanted more of the... I'll, I'll get into it in a minute, but we'll, we'll listen to a bit more of this kind of glammy, grungy kind of... Because it changes about three times yeah. in the song. Uh-huh. Babylon Zoo, you say? Babylon Zoo. I'm gonna guess this was her only hit. It was. Uh -huh. Alright. Well, we're gonna get up right now. Yeah. So that was okay. The main guy, guy called Jace Mann. Uh huh. He was in a band called the Sand Kings. They split up. He started working in more kind of electronic music kind of stuff. His name is Jace Man. Jace Man. And the song is Space Man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, um, well, he started up Babylon Zoo. Yeah. He recorded a three track EP with this song on it and it got him signed to Warner's, like Warner Music. Uh, the guy who signed him, though, left shortly, went to EMI, mm -hmm. took this band with him. Right. In a Jerry Maguire kind of, who's coming? Ah. I'll come along. Uh, but they'd already recorded this and Levi's used it in an ad, but they just used the first 30 seconds because right. it's an ad. So they just used that, that start bit that you were like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. People loved it and were like, what is that song? And so they released the song, went to number one, the fastest ever selling number one in the UK Oof. of all the music. This in the first week, sold 383,000 copies. Oh, dude. There's bands now who will never, ever sell that many no. copies of anything. No. They're going to have a 10-year career and never <laughs> sell 383,000. It spent five weeks at number one. Yeah. But what happened was everyone was like, fuck, I want more of the start. I don't want this glam rock stuff. Yeah, because it has that vibe that... The novelty, almost UK song like Mr. Blobby. Yeah, know? yeah. They love, they love, they love the Mr. Blobby. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there, there was a um, writer for the NME called Stephen Wells, who I really like his writing. He had the best NME review ever, which is for George Michael's "Listen Without Prejudice." He uh -huh. just wrote "Listen Without Headphones." Nice. That, that was all perfect. So this is what he wrote. He said, "Millions of pop kids rushed down to Woolies and bought the single, only to get it home discovered to their horror that it was." That it was not good. Oh, no, that it was good, like in the outfit for about 10 seconds, and then it became rubbish. Very, very rubbish. I think it went from rubbish to probably equal rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> it's a just, different just kind just of rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it did go number one in 23 countries. Uh -huh. It sold all up 1.15 million copies. Uh -huh. uh, and that was it for the band. They released an album called The Boy with the X ray Eyes. That went gold in the UK. Right. Uh, and then the follow-up in 99 was called King Kong Groover. <laughs> that sold less than 10,000 copies. Uh -huh. And then Jazz Man promised another album in 2006, but nothing has happened. Oh. Yeah. So Babylon Zoo, no more. No more. Jace Man, just no more. living off the oh, royalties yeah. of Spaceman. Spaceman, hoping for another Levi's ad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how does shit like this break through? And the fact that, I guess, in Australia, because this is an Australian... Yeah. Yeah, it would have 
been big here? It was. Number three here. You remember it from 1996. Very much so. <laughs> uh, my best friend in high school at the time, this was his favourite song of the year. He loved it. <laughs> he wasn't the only one. He got to 16 in the hottest 100 of 96. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, got, I guess, got like a bastardized Bowie thing with yeah. the space bullshit, but it's also yeah. just rough listening. I mean, maybe it would grow on me. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on, though. He's one that I'm sure you do know, uh-huh. and I'm sure most listeners know and like. This is Tupac's first release after his prison release. Yeah. This is California Love. California Love. Do we sing along? You can if you want. <laughs> I think so. That's appropriation. Doing it face to face. I know the guest doesn't know where to look. <laughs> What over Zoom? Even eye contact's weird. Yeah. Just two men listening to music <laughs> together. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't know this song? It's so good. Yeah. I mean, this fucking takes me back. Yeah. I can't... Well, stop I can't listen to this song without thinking of the film clip, though. The film clip was so iconic. It was the Mad Max yeah. Thunderdome. Yep. Oh, amazing. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, it just takes me right back to cutting school, smoking shitty dirt weed, <laughs> and just being, yeah, a degenerate, yeah, skateboard. I remember seeing this at my neighbor's house. Yeah. It was on TV, yeah. and... It's so funny because at the time there was so much Eurodance clogging up the charts. Right. And this was like something else completely. And at the time, I don't remember knowing if I liked it or not, but I remember that it was, it was something. Yeah. It was like too sophisticated for my little Tasmanian ears. Uh-huh. Going, oh, this is, I think this is really big. I yeah. think it's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this was really the start of white kids pretending to be black as yeah. much as possible yep you know? oh and as someone who loved nba basketball as a kid yeah i was already on that train <laughs> dude <laughs> i remember i used to sag my jeans because it was like the cool thing all the hip-hop you know artists were doing yeah but when i sag my jeans you could see, see my space jam underwear yeah <laughs> i had the satin looney tunes boxes <laughs> uh the film clip apparently was the concept of jada pinkett smith uh, who was dating Tupac at the time. Oh, the uh, wife of Will oh, Smith. Will Smith, yeah. And uh, who, you know, made it, made Will Smith a cock. <laughs> <laughs> but put alopecia in, in yeah. out there for everyone to know what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, she was going to direct it too. And then Hype Williams made himself available. And they went, oh, just give it to Hype Williams. Yeah. yeah. He was doing all the videos back then. Yeah, he was. Uh, so this is, uh, was released as a double A side. Uh, with the song How Do You Want It featuring previous uh, artists we've looked at it on the show, Casey and Jojo. Right. So in America, that's what they played on the charts, that uh-huh. song, that one, not California Love. Right. Sing for me the whole chorus to How Do You Want It with uh, no censorship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tupac, do you know about Tupac's uh, upbringing? Pretty, pretty uh, crazy. His mum uh, was one of the uh, Panther 21, so a Black Panther party, who were indicted for 
planning to bomb two New York police stations. Yeah. And then uh, she, even though she didn't have a law degree, got them out and it was big national news. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, was born one month after the Panther 21 were acquitted. Uh, And these are all the adults in his life growing up. They were all involved in revolutionary revolutionary politics Uh and they all uh, came in conflict with the cops. So uh, his biological father was also a former Panther, uh, but he wasn't in his life much. He was been on the run since 1981. Uh, He robbed a a Brinks truck with two cops and a guard and they were killed. He was caught in 86 and he's in prison today. His godfather, Geronimo Pratt, was convicted of murder in 72 and spent 27 years in prison before he was vacated because prosecutors had withheld key evidence. Uh, His godmother uh, was sentenced to life in prison for murder in 1977, but she escaped from prison two years later and made her way to Cuba, where she's still living there. She's been granted political asylum from the Cubans but she's still on the FBI's most wanted list. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's some cred right yeah. there because I I didn't know any of that background, but he, I guess he lived it because the, the one movie he did was Poetic Justice. Maybe he was in others. Yeah, he's done a few. Above the Rim was another one. Ah, yeah, but Poetic true. Justice. That yeah. was, was Janet Jackson in yeah. that as well? It was a driving across country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but he was really good as an actor. He was great. Yeah. He was very enigmatic. I remember watching Above the Rim as a kid because it had basketball in it. Uh-huh. Not really knowing it, but I like the basketball scenes. Yeah. But I remember him on the sidelines of the court. <laughs> there should be, uh, they should do a remake with white guys and just call it Below the Rim. <laughs> <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> um, where do you stand on, is he still alive or not? He's dead. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's so dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but he also holds the record of being the first incarcerated um, performer to have a number one album. Is that right? Yeah, as he was in, in, in jail. Okay. The album was called Me Against the World, went to number one. Right. Yeah. Well, just wait till Weinstein drops it. <laughs> well, I was album. thinking Bill Cosby should have done a, <laughs> a stand-up album in, oh. in prison. Oh, dude. And uh, Rolling Stone named this song the 320th greatest song of all time. Okay. Yep. And... This song came 33 in the Hottest 100 of the same year that Spaceman got 16. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. All right. So we're uh, stop me if you've said this already, but we're not going in any kind of order. We're jumping around. This is, no, this is the order of the track listing on, on the album. Oh, uh, so it's the order of the track listing. Yeah, so we're not... We're, okay. This is how they're putting them together. Right. So it's it's random. It has nothing to do with charts or... No. Okay. No. All right, all right. All so... Right. Yeah, that and again, another hard pivot from that Spaceman bullshit to one of the best hip-hop tracks yep. ever. We have another hard pivot. This is also a debut single from an English rock band. Yeah. Uh, although they all met in New York. This is Space Hog with In The Meantime. Oh, no, it's Space. Yeah. You think you put Space Hog after Spaceman. Space Man. <laughs> Not 100% hits. Space Hog and what's the... What's it called? In the meantime. Uh huh. All right. Do you know this song? Sounds vaguely familiar. It's got like a '90s, obviously, but like a rom-com yep. feel. In the '90s, who's starring in the rom-com? Oh fuck yeah! So yeah. As soon as that kicks in, <laughs> yeah, this is this song was massive. Yeah. Yeah. And this rom-com is young Matt Dillon. Great. And female star, I'm going to say Liv Tyler. 
you have nailed this. Have I? Kept, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> we'll just get him talking for a bit. Yeah. And, see. and that's how it sounds. Right. Right. So that's the voice of Royston Langdon. Space Hog, I'm going to say because his voice is pretty unique and I feel like there was more hits than just this one. Am I wrong? No, this was the biggest hit. This, they had they had albums. Right. Their next album kind of was a bit more artistic. They kind of like, you know, we're a serious band. We're not just going to write like pop hits. Yeah. And um, wasn't as well received, but the band liked it. And yeah. then in like 98, I think, yeah, 99, something like that. They released another album called The Hoggacy. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Because they, there's brothers in the band. Yeah. They went on tour with the Black Crows and Oasis. Yeah. And it was called like some brotherly love tour. The Hoggacy. The Hoggacy. I would have gone with a Hoggalix now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned Liv Tyler. Yeah. Royston Lang- Langdon. Married Liv Tyler no. in 2003. Fuck. They've got kids. They divorced in 2008. All right. Five years together. But yeah, I did pretty well. That's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that Honestly, though, that chorus, refrain, whatever you want to call it, that is pretty iconic 90s shit right yeah. there. Yeah. So this is how the members, they're all from uh, England, but they all met in New York. Well, not all of them, because there's brothers in the band. They met in, obviously in England. But Anthony Langdon and Johnny Cragg met at a cafe where Cragg had a job where he was killing rats. Oh, yeah. Cragg yeah. sounds like a rat killer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get Cragg to kill the rats. And so uh, Anthony's brother Royston was a singer. And so then they got a friend to be on the drums uh-huh. and they formed the band Space Hog. Then just before they signed, they were like, this drummer's no good. Let's kick him out. And they got another drummer called Richard Steele from Canada. Right. Dick uh, Steele. Yeah. I watch his films on <laughs> Uporn. <laughs> uh, this song samples a song called um, Telephone and Rubber Band. I'll play some of that for you. It's um, So we're still on Space Hog here. This is still Space Hog, but this is by the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. So they're just taking that kind of telephone sound yeah. and made a song off the back of it. Okay, so yeah. this is the offshoot from Space Hog. That was no, that was a, just a, a sample they did to write uh-huh. Space Hog. They just used that. Um, yeah, they they never really um, got to the heights as, as this song. Oh, their second album was called. If you thought the Hoggacy was a bad name, yeah, the Chinese album. Oh, isn't that taking a page out of Guns N' Roses? <laughs> there didn't they have the. Chinese democracy. Chinese, yeah, Chinese democracy. The Chinese album. Why? The Chinese album. Who knows? Uh huh. You'll have to listen to it. Uh, are they? I wasn't doing that for the, <laughs> for the research for this. Uh, but the, the greatest honor this song had was this was the opening music to David Spade's HBO special Take the Hit. Right. What year was that released? 98. Okay. Two years later. Two years later. Uh huh. I mean, dude, still not bad. I'm surprised we haven't heard it sampled in anything big since. It's an okay song. Yeah. It's a good song. All right. Moving on. All right. Still in America. This is, this was a huge hit in this country as well. Yeah. Big hit in America. This was One of Us by Joan Osborne. This is just the first five seconds. Oh. 
Is that really the intro? Yeah, that's really the intro. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's from the album. Relish. Did it make did that intro make the cut for the film clip? I don't think so. No. Yeah, because you were playing that shit at the start, but then as soon as uh what if God was one of us kicked in. Dude, one of the most earnest songs of all time. Yeah. Just a stranger on a bus. I I really like the singer Julianne Baker. Yeah. She did a cover of this when I saw her in Melbourne. And it was one of those things like I I'm not a big fan of this song, but yeah. when she did it, it's I'm good. Like, it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. God had a name. What would it be and would you call it to his face? I like how she knows that God is a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's it's one thing she's got. <laughs> I'm kidding. Whatever. <laughs> God is great. Yep. God is great. Yeah. Yeah. God is good. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you're going to give me the background. Fascinated to know if she is a big Bible banger. Like, is this. No, she's not. Okay. No, she's. Um, she didn't write this song. This was written by Eric Bazilian, who. Was in the band Eric Bazilian, <laughs> Eric Bazilian <laughs> from the band The Hooters. Oh shit! <laughs> this guy rules. <laughs> Great name for a band. <laughs> uh, so he said he the quickest song he ever wrote. He wrote it one night to try and impress a girl. He said it worked because mm. he's married with her and yeah. they've got two kids. Uh, so this song they were writing songs for Joan Osborne as well. Uh, was nominated for Record of the Year in 96, lost to Kiss by a Rose by Seal. Uh-huh. She was also nominated for Best Female Vocal, but lost to Annie Lennox and No More I Love Yous, which we talked about a couple of weeks back. Also up for Best New Artist, lost to Hootie and the Blowfish. Oof, that's a tough loss. Hootie. Yeah. And also uh, Best Album for Relish, that lost to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Right. Sure. I mean, that's a that's a tough year. Yeah. You know? Tough year. Uh, Jagged she, Little Pill, by the way, still super successful. There's a musical now, right? Yeah. That's like going pretty well. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those like jukebox musicals where they just do a story yeah. from the songs, but I don't know if the songs have anything really to do with the story. I went to the Green Day one, American oh, yes. Idiot in New York, and I was just like... I, what is this shit? <laughs> it was so bad, dude. But it was like still kind of enjoyable because it's still a spectacle and, yeah. you know, it's, it's put together all right. But I don't know. I didn't, it's not the best Green Day album. And then it being kind of elevated to that stage, yeah. it's kind of a hard watch. Every time I watch like Broadway singers sing, they over enunciate everything. Mm. I went and saw, uh, it was a Leonard Cohen thing, but it wasn't Leonard Cohen. It was Leonard Cohen and Philip Glass. Yeah. And they had like professional musical singers. Yeah. And just too much over enunciating. <laughs> I know I've got a lazy mouth, but it's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst album that they could turn into a Broadway a musical? A Broadway musical. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I think um, uh, uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, <laughs> Limp Bizkit, <laughs> the Broadway musical. 
That would be all right. I mean, listeners know I'm going to say blood, sugar, sex, and magic. Oh, you'll love this. Uh, you went and saw them the other night? I'm seeing them directly after we record. Oh, fantastic. I got, it's a free ticket. And Are you I, going with Daniel Connell? I am. Yep. And Oliver Clark, David Quirk going as well. <laughs> but I don't know any of their stuff after Californication. So Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic was a defining album of, yep. around this time in 96 as well. But... I feel like I tried to listen to a couple of the more recent albums and I, I could not get on board. Is so, he, is he still scatting? Yeah, he's, he's still forcing in a skip it a bop every <laughs> so now and again. I conceded last week on the show that uh, My Friends off One Hot Minute is a good song. Great song. Yeah. Soul to Squeeze is a. I think I said that as well. I think yeah. it's not the song so much. Yeah. It's just them. Uh huh. He's too good looking. He didn't have enough people say no to him in his yeah. life. Didn't I, have enough. Didn't have flea going. Hey, write write another verse. Yeah. Just do you want me to help out? I'll write something. <laughs> that would have helped so much. Yeah. I mean, he's still shredded, and he's you know pushing sixty or whatever. They are sixty. Sixty and sixty-two. Oh, flea sixty-two. Sh- he's sixty. Really? Yeah. They were on the project last night and had to write all this stuff for him. Oh wow. It, it was a hard day. Were they good on the project? Uh, it was a CBS interview, so oh, we yeah. just had to write jokes off the back of it. Yeah. So do you want to hear what I wrote? Yeah. I wrote blood sugar sex magic. It's also the name of a brand of boner pills for. Um, for diabetics <laughs> that's pretty good and i wrote these guys are now the age that they've traded in their cock socks for cock compression socks <laughs> did they make it there no ah. sam Torton didn't say oh rob because he, he said he said one of mine earlier and i got a big like oh ooh, are you allowed to say that on tv and yeah I think that spooked him for, oh, for saying what jokes. a pussy it was about uh, destiny's child all oh, right yeah what was that one well beyonce was late to the um to the grammys yeah and, I, and the joke I wrote was, she shouldn't sugar an Uber with the other members of Destiny's Child. I mean, Michelle would be driving the Uber. <laughs> that got an ooh? You got an ooh. Oh, like yeah. fucking Michelle's watching <laughs> <Yeah>. the project. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that was uh, was one of us. Okay. Good song. All right, moving on. Is it a good song? Yeah, we'll say it is. Uh, I'm only allowed to hate one song on this album. Uh, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. uh, this is, oh, we're going to Sweden now. Yeah. They've been on the show so much. This is, I think, probably the last time they'll be on the show. This is Ace of Bass. Okay. Some Europop. Yeah. And their song, Beautiful Life. You think this was the last hit? I think it was the last one. Yeah. Do you think they're still touring? Would they be out there, you know, traveling across Europe and RSLs? Whatever they're called over there. No, I reckon they would have went in kind of producing and management. True. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Exactly. (laughs) Right?
Right. I wonder if they did a reunion tour, it would sell out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We talked over that, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, so this got to number 15 in the US yep. and 11 here. It's from the second album, The Bridge. Uh, it was written in 94 by member Jonas Bergen. And he said he wrote it on January 1st. So he had a big New Year's Eve. He was in the Canary Islands. Yep. The sign had just reached number one in the US. Mm-hmm. And he said life was great. So he wanted to write a song to talk about that. And he said on the flight home, he heard some heard some chords in his head and just started humming and he made the song in his head and when he landed he went home and just finished it off right that okay what a beautiful what's the name of the song is it what it's called beautiful life beautiful life this is in the vein of the black eyed peas just singing about having fun and fun nights and everything's cool (laughs) it's like to me probably the worst style of pop but sure yeah, it's a, it's very contrived. Yeah, it's like what what will people play at big events? Yeah, what can some fireworks go off at yeah. on New Year's Eve? <laughs> uh, so in 2018, other member Alf Ekberg, I think he was the one who um, in his in his younger days had a bit of a white nationalist um, influence in him, but he got over that. Oh, anyway, he uh, they played this at the World Music Awards in uh, Monaco, and uh, Michael Jackson was watching and asked to meet the band and he said that a beautiful life is the best song that he's heard in so many years right what can we go back to alf Ekberg and his white nationalism was yeah. the original name for the band ace of race <laughs> 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 um well, okay so jacko said what about it it was the most beautiful the most beautiful song he's heard in years that song this song yeah I mean, he was probably whacked out on pharmaceuticals and like just... Oh, his Jesus juice that he was drinking. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Michael at the time was already kind of in a... Maybe 96, was that starting real weird Jacko phase? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was when he was about to... He may, may have been going into his history phase uh, where he of course. had the huge big christ-like uh, statue made of him and... That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was around this time as well that... Um, Jarvis Cocker flashed his ass at him at the Brit Awards. Oh, I don't know this. Yeah, so uh, Michael Jackson. I mean, there were allegations out there about uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then he did this big performance for the Brit Awards and Jarvis Cocker was like, what are we doing? This guy, like, and then went on stage and flashed his ass. Right. And then got taken off stage. So there's a, so what Molly Meldrum did to Elton yeah. John. <laughs> Jarvis Cocker did to Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there's something about Elton John people aren't <laughs> fucking talking about. <laughs> Rocket board. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. This is oh one part of Wilson Phillips, the Phillips part. This is China Phillips uh-huh. and her debut solo single. This is Naked and Sacred. Do you know this song at all? No. This is China Phillips? China Phillips. C-H-Y-N-N-A. Right. The wife of Billy Baldwin. The blonde one? I think that's Stephen Baldwin. No, not the bald one. The blonde Phillips. Oh, yeah. Phillips. The, blonde one, the, blonde, the blonde Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
So this isn't Wilson Phillips. This is her solo. Solo. So she's left the Wilsons. Yeah. So Carney and Wendy. Right. She's gone solo. Yeah. And this is the and result. This is it. I'm just waiting to see if the chorus rings any bells. It that. sounds like Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But Dawson's Creek had a way better song for yeah. their... <laughs> Except on Netflix, apparently, or whatever it is. They didn't get the rights to that song. So really? It's a different song. Yeah, I don't want to wait. Yeah. I, I Fucking think amazing else. song. It's a great song. Uh, so I didn't know this. China Phillips, uh, her mama and papa were in the Mamas and Papas. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's, she was an actor as well. She was in Say Anything, Caddyshack 2. Uh-huh. Her half-sister, Mackenzie, who was in American Graffiti. And her other half sister, Bijou Phillips. Yeah, I'm just trying to place. It is the blonde because um, I know the Hold On video very well. Yeah, right, and that's a classic song. Great song. Yeah, but so this must be two or three years after that. I want to say. Yeah, well, this is '96. '96. So that would have been. I think they were like early '90s. Yeah. yeah, and so her branching out, and I want to say it's the in that Hold On video, she's the one with like the blonde kind of mushroom yeah. top, and. This song, Naked and Sacred, is a pile of shit. <laughs> it's bad. Well, you, you, people agree with you, yeah. okay? In the States, didn't chart at all. Didn't make crack the hot top 100. Yeah. Got to 15 here. Yeah. And I think may off the back of it being on this compilation. Uh, the song was written by China Phillips, Rick Knowles, who wrote Heaven is a Place on Earth for Belinda Carlisle. Great song. You Get What You Give by The New Radicals. Oh, wow. White Flag by Dido. I mean, these are three killer songs, songs, but he phoned it in with Naked and Sacred. Well, it wasn't just him. Also, yeah. Billy Steinberg was one of the co-writers. He's written Like a Virgin for Madonna, mm-hmm. True Colors by Cindy Lauper, Eternal Flame by The Bangles, I Touch Myself by The Divinals. Wow. And then, he, what's going on here? Do you reckon they've gone, oh, no, we'll help you out? Yeah, and then they just were like, give her whatever fucking D track that they were never going to sell to anyone else and they're like yeah you can have this i i see i think what's happened is she's given them this song yeah and they've gone i'll just tighten up this tighten up that and then she's trying to cash in on their name going all right they they were co-writers oh maybe i don't know possibly yeah but is there that much cachet would people go oh that's a steinberg or something do you know what i I mean not yeah yeah but i mean all those other songs what a pedigree yeah but naked and sacred Fucking put it in the bin. Yeah, both of those guys are in the um, the Grammys like Hall of Fame or something like that. Like, yeah, not, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the Grammys do a Hall of Fame thing. All right, moving on to a Eurovision hit. Have you ever watched Eurovision? No, I did date a girl in Perth for a while who was like obsessed with it. So I would kind of like you know by proxy witness some of it, and it you know it seems like a giant spectacle that people get into but yeah yeah people really like it I, i'm not into it either but this song was people say the last great uk entrant even though it was from, by an australian right this is gina g and the motivate remix Ooh ah just a little bit I do know it. Yeah. She's from Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, but this was entered in Eurovision as a British song. Yep. Okay. 
a bit like when Celine Dion represented Switzerland, I think. Did she? I think so. How does that work? I don't know. Young Celine Dion. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely made it across to the States. Yep. Um, I feel like it turned up in a, some movies and probably ads as well. well it was nominated for the 1998 Grammy for Best Dance Recording and got in the top 20 in 97 in the US. Right. So it took a while to get there, uh-huh. but it got there. Made a bit of an impact. Okay. Yeah, it got number one in the UK. It finished eighth in Eurovision. Yeah. And everyone was like, that's really... It's just because you hate the English. That's why they didn't... It didn't win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they say it's the last great English um, entrant into Eurovision. Right. Uh, so this, she's a bit of a one-hit wonder, though. She's had other, other songs, but this is what everyone knows her for. And then she disappeared from the music industry for a number of years. Yeah. Mainly due to a lawsuit against a former manager. Then she recorded, she had enough music for a second album and then couldn't release the material. Oh, shit. Yeah. But she's kind of appeared on a few um, singing contests. Yeah. There was one, a UK one, <clears throat> but they filmed it in America and it was like all these kind of one hit wonders or people who had their heyday. Yeah. And the whole thing was like, let's get them back in the spotlight. She won the first week, got the most votes from the US, and then the second week out. Really? Yeah. So how would it work? She would play the one hit? She'd sing a song. Yeah. And then you're going through. Yeah. Next week, what do you got? Didn't have a hit. What did they think's going to happen? <laughs> They're making them live through this fucking process again where they have one big moment and then it's just nothing. There's no little bit more. No more. Yeah. That was it. Oh, uh, just a little bit. That was her career. Yeah. <laughs> no more. All right. Uh, we're going to... Move on to a band that we talked about last week as well. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them before. They had a huge song, the cover of Cat Stevens' Father and Son. Oh. This is, if you thought the Hooters was a bad band name, that's nothing on Boyzone. This is Love Me For A Reason, another cover. Here we go. This is Boyzone. This is Boyzone. And I, one on record, I never said Hooters was a bad name. <laughs> Boyzone in the name of the track? Love me for a reason. Uh-huh. Is this Australian? No, Irish. Okay. It has a similar melody to The Gambler. I mean, it sounds like someone doing a parody of boy bands. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there was an Australian film where it was like yeah. older 
comics, maybe Mick Malloy and Glenn Robbins. And was that not Boyzone? No, it wasn't Boyzone. What right. was that called? I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was right when I got to Australia and that like that was a movie being released. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, sure, all those guys are good. But boy, that even that song itself sounds like someone making fun of. Like, yeah. So this was originally by a guy called Johnny Bristol in 74. But then it became mostly popular because the Osmonds did a cover of it. And their single got to uh, number one in the UK for three weeks. Donnie and Marie? Yeah. Or did a cover of Boyzone? Did a cover of Love Me For A Reason. Right. So it's a Johnny Bristol original version in 74. Right. And then 20 years later, ah. uh, Boyzone did it. This was their breakthrough single in the UK and yeah. Ireland. Got to number two in the UK, number one in Ireland. This song. Yeah. Number one. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it was released here in 96, mainly because of the success of Cat Stevens, their father and son cover. So yeah. I don't know what else they got. Oh, this one. Cool. And then another cover again. Yeah. So there's no originals with Boyzone. No. No. How do you think you, as a man, being in a <laughs> yeah. band called Boyzone? <laughs> Even the guy who put together Boyzone must have felt a bit like a creep. Yeah. It was like, ah, no, this boy's not good enough for the zone. Point on the door where the Boyzone is. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So Boyzone, that does nothing for me. And then, I don't know, just they sound like just cover bands that I guess, fuck, if you get your success, you're kind of trapped in the yeah. cover zone, like Alien Ant Farm. Yes. Smooth Criminal. Yeah, because the second single, Movies, uh-huh. wasn't as big a hit, but I think they had another single before that because someone wrote, wrote an article about don't have a major hit with a cover. Yeah. It's the like kiss of death. You're done. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, you know, Alien Ant Farm got short shrift. Well. Do they show up? Not 96. Not 96. Years though. later. I hope they show up. They would. Yeah. That must have been mid-2000s though. Early. Yeah. Early 2000s, yeah. I reckon. I reckon I was at uni yeah. when that came out. All right. Now, this is a band huge in my high school. Mm-hmm. Everyone was singing this. This is Everclear and Santa Monica. Still living with your ghost? Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. That's it. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. I don't don't want to be your downtime. With my big black boots and my old suitcase. <laughs> Do you believe I'll find myself a new place? I don't wanna be the bad guy. I don't wanna do your sleepwalk dance anymore. I just wanna see some palm trees. I won't try and shake away this disease. Man, easily the this and California Loving, the two best songs yeah. on this compilation. It's so weird though, because at the time, I thought this was like, it was kind of like a punk rock kind of song. And I think just because Art, yeah, Alexicus, yeah, had like bleached hair and yeah. looked like a punk, bleached hair and a little black goatee from memory. Yeah. Yeah. But listening to this thirty years later, uh-huh. I'm like. It sounds like Hootie and the Blowfish. It could Ooh. fit easily. It's no different. To, <laughs> I've listened to Hootie and the Blowfish 
two weeks ago. Yeah. You could put them on a compilation side by side and you go, oh, yeah, that fits. No. You could. That's <clears throat> that's some fucking hootie shade thrown at a classic Everclear song. That, I honestly think this, okay, was another song of my youth that it's so easy to play on the yeah. guitar. It's like a three chord power chord progression. Yeah. And so we covered it. Um, so easy to play, easy on the drums. And it's just the melody is the catchiest goddamn thing you're ever going to hear. And at, you know, 15 years old, swim out past the breakers and watch the world die. I was like, oh, man, that like struck a chord with me that even you just playing it just then. I'm like, what a what a song. Well, it was written about an ex-girlfriend of his who committed suicide. Right. And then he tried to commit suicide himself, jumping off the Santa Monica Pier. Right. Yeah. So like for a kind of like catchy tune yeah has a, a bit of a dark backstory man to it. everclear some of their is it everclear am i saying that yeah right? yeah, the, yeah some of their songs are just like then they had father of mine and yeah. it's just like all the deepest most fucked up issues packaged in like a pop punk yeah. their first single was called heroin girl oh wow this was the second single yeah and so how they started was he'd he had art this is the main guy yeah very hard upbringing uh, traveled around a lot, uh, a lot of drug abuse, uh-huh. uh, moving around the country as a child before uh, finally settling in Portland as an adult. Uh, he was in LA for ages trying to make it as a band. He, like, he had a label he, and then the label collapsed. Yeah. And the same week he found out that his girlfriend was pregnant. Right. He's like, oh, what? And she was from Portland. So they were like, fuck, let's just move to Portland. Portland had a pretty good music scene at the time. Yeah. And so he kind of formed Everclear there. They sparked a modest bidding war from some labels, eventually signed with Columbia Records because of Gary Gersh, who was a guy who worked with um, Sonic Youth, Nirvana, and Counting Crows. Right. Pick the odd one out there. Yeah. Uh, although Counting Crows probably still making him money. Yeah. Uh, and not that the others, Sonic Youth probably not, but Nirvana would be making some money, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so they released Buckle and Fade. This is what this is from. And things blow up in a alternative rock blowing up way. Yeah. Uh, it made it number one on the mainstream rock charts. It didn't. They didn't release it as a single though. It was just played on the charts. Right. Everyone just went and bought the album. Yeah. It is their highest charting single here in Australia. It got to twenty five on the charts. It got one better in the hottest one hundred. Got it twenty four, beating No Doubts Just a Girl by one. Wow. Yeah. So No Doubts Just a Girl got twenty five that year. Man, I mean now that- Zoo, yeah. thirteen <laughs> or sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> Now that you've said the hootie comparison, I guess I could kind of hear it, but it's just like, I guess that song definitely holds a special place. Yeah. In my, my youth and, and background that I just want it to be kind of just a perfect little, cause even like our, that same time, maybe fountains of Wayne yeah. had a song like sink to the bottom. And to me, it was just like this perfectly crafted little kind of poppy punky piece of music, yep. you know? But for you to throw it into the hootie barrel, really. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with hootie. They were fine at the time. Um, so this uh, big radio hit until September 11, 2001. And then it was on the list of songs not to play on the radio because of Watch the World Burn. Uh, Got banned from radio play following the terrorist attacks. No. Yeah. Stupid. There's a whole bunch of songs that you like on. That's, I mean... I'm not just you're American. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. A bit of an overreaction. Yeah. Not playing songs, but yeah. Do you know the other song? Smooth Criminal, <laughs> Alien Ant Farm, couldn't be played. What? No. Um, Walk Like an Egyptian. They had nothing to do with it. Oh my God. Is this real? <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Um, couldn't play What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. No. Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <clears throat> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Wait, wait, wait. You could almost do a whole pod about talking about the these songs, songs yeah. and why they would have been bad. What a Wonderful World you couldn't play because it's about the world being wonderful yep. and it clearly wasn't no, like no the dark days post 9-11 but how long was this band meant to be in effect for let's see how long it was uh so the clear channel that's the largest owner of the radio stations yeah so this is how long you can't so there are 165 surely you can't play learning to fly each <laughs> rage against machines entire catalog what yep 49 songs even covers yeah. of theirs uh-huh. when they did a cover couldn't do it. Um, I don't. It doesn't say when the, when the band was lifted. I guess they just kind of slowly lifted it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, man! This is fascinating to me. Uh, so, Martha and the Vandellas' original version of "Dancing in the Street." Yeah, but the covers were not. So, so you the... could play the uh, David Bowie Mick Jagger cover. Okay, but not the original. Not the original. No one's playing the David Vogue. They're watching the film clip and laughing how coked up they are. <laughs> oh, dude. Coked out of their minds and very, very affectionate with one another. Yeah. Anyway, that is the end of our list. Okay. So what we do at the end of every single episode is they say it's 100% hits. Yeah. We, we go through and we actually see if it's a hit or not. So there's nine songs. Uh-huh. So let's go, we'll go through it. So Spaceman by Babylon Zoo. Was that a hit? No. Not to you. California Love by Tupac. Hit. In the Meantime by Space Hog. Hit. One of Us, Joan Osborne. Uh, I mean, personally, not a hit, but I get that it's a hit. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful Life by Ace of Base. Hit. Naked and Sacred by China Phillips. Not a hit. Ooh, ah, just a little bit. It's mm, just pure pop bullshit hit. Love Me For A Reason, Boyzone. Not a hit. And Santa Monica, Everclear. 100% hit. We've got six out of nine. That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. standard for the show. Is it? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, it's better than what we had last week. Last week, it was like, I think we had four or something like that. So, four? Yeah. And you agree with the assessment or is it just up to the guests? It's not up to me. Uh-huh. I, 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 I agree that they're all hits. Oh, yeah. No, some of us are dog shit, but it's all good. Hey, thanks for doing this. Oh, man, it was fun. Loved it. Uh, you're doing shows in the festival? I am. I will be doing the Gold Coast Festival on March 25th. And then after that, a few weeks at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. The show is called The Mike Goldstein of Comedy. Poster is very good. Thank you. Yes. And then uh, the poster is based off of The King of Comedy, yeah. which is a fantastic movie. Rupert and, Pupkin. Yeah, Rupert Pupkin. Just amazing. Very before its time. Yep. The obsession with fame, media, celebrity. Uh, go back and watch it. It's one of Scorsese's best. But when I posted it, um, I put up the old original, original just for like reference. And then there's all these like just neck beards in the comments going, "Oh, thanks for putting the reference up. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got what." Mo-. And I was like, "Well, it's not yeah. for you, you know. Like, it's yeah. not." You, I just that was the one thing that annoyed me. But otherwise. The image and everything received very well. I just got to write a show. There's a great scene in that. Uh, so Jerry Lewis plays a very famous comedian. And yep. is it Robert De Niro wants to be... He's Rupert Pumpkin obsessed with Jerry yep. Lewis and wants to be on the talk show. Yep. It's like if you've seen the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, it's yep. almost the same, the same movie. Really. So there's a scene where Jerry Lewis is coming to his house and his uh, assistant is trying to open the door for him. He yep. can't get it open yeah. and... The, the law is that Jerry Lewis is on the other side holding the door 
like closed so yeah. he couldn't open it and then came in and just started yelling at him. <laughs> Which is very similar to another thing that you did yeah. in Perth. Ah, yes, that is. See, maybe this is why this movie struck a chord yeah. on a deeper level where there's a uh, venue in Perth where the stage, you have to go through a door leading on yeah. directly onto the stage. And uh, there was a younger comedian up there and he had just done a 20-minute set and it actually hadn't gone that well. But I thought it would be funny to stand on the other side of the door and just hold it shut as the music played and he tried to exit the stage and he just like violently tries to open it and thus i think he quit comedy not long after fuck we're children it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> i love it so much yeah hey thanks for doing this uh hey everyone if you haven't got tickets yet um come see my podcast in the festival so i'm doing five don't you know who i am four at the european beer cafe which is now called morris house one at the festival club and i'm doing a live hundreds and hits at the festival club we're doing the best of the best of 97 whole bunch of uh, performers from the festival getting up and actually performing the songs live tickets are at all at all at joshua.com.au or comedyfestival.com.au as well thanks mike see Thank you next time you. bye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.